How you doing? Welcome to Lost in Translation. With me today, in, again, as always, is my dear friend Baruch Corman in Israel. How you doing, Baruch? Shalom, Ronnie. I'm doing well, thank God. So yeah, we've had a couple takes on this, so we're kind of laughing. Um, today we're going to do a video, this video, on a tent. And it's going to be a short one, but I want to emphasize what is lost in translation and why and, and certain things and why translation is so important. So uh, the Apostle Paul, he had a job and he wanted to um, help the ministry along, didn't want to be a burden. And in several scriptures in the Bible, and we're going to talk about this briefly, Acts in Acts and in Thessalonians, he talks about his profession as a tent maker. Now, Baruch, you want to explain what a tent maker is? And I'm going to show our audience, our viewers, what a tent really is. But what, what does that mean? I mean, was he dwelling in a tent? Is He made tents for all the people in the desert? I mean, that's my first impression. What would it be? Well, oftentimes we hear even today that people who are involved in ministry, perhaps at a, at a growing congregation, a, a new plant, Sometimes they have to supplement their, their expenses. And we call that tent making because of just what you said concerning Paul. Now, the issue is there's probably a colloquium here. Paul was not making tents as far as tents to dwell in, as people traveled, or sometimes people living in them permanently. Uh, different people used to do that. Paul was not, more than likely, not making tents in that way, but there's a colloquium for what's known as a talit or a prayer shawl. And in the morning, usually, it is put over one's shoulders and one's head, and it's known as a tent in the place of a dwelling place. We're dwelling in the presence of God, and that tent is really the prayer shawl. So it's much more likely, and to this day, we find men who, who make these prayer shawls. Sometimes we find that not only do they make the, the garment, but rather they also make what's placed upon each of the four corners. And we'll talk about more about this in a moment, but what's known as a titsit, in the plural, titsiot. And these are the tassels, and according to the Torah, According to the book of, of Deuteronomy, there's, there's a tassel placed upon each of the four corners. And they, according to now tradition, there's eight threads and there's five knots. You don't find that in the Bible. You find it in the rabbinical writings. And also, they have found these that support it. So the purpose of this, if you read, for example, in the book of Numbers, this is another great place, the book of Numbers, chapter 15, verses 37 through 41, it says there about if a man has a four-corner garment, that on the corner of each of these, uh, on the corner of each of these, that you put a tassel. And it also says that, that one of them is, is techelet, which is a material, a dye that turns it blue the sky color of blue. So this is something very important. And Paul used to make those. He was always going to the Jewish community. So he would make these and sell these to supplement his living expenses. 
Now, <clears throat> so I'm going to show you guys what one looks like. I'm not going to unfold because uh, they're, they're special the way you unfold them or the way you fold them back. But uh, these are the four that Baruch was talking about. Um, and I got this when I was in Israel and, and a very, I'm very proud to have it. It's a, a special, very special garment. Now, um, I'm going to ask Baruch a couple questions. It's mentioned Yeshua, Jesus, was wearing these. Um, there's a couple specific, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. There's a couple specific places where somebody touched, and the Bible says the hem of his garment. And, and I think you and I have talked about this before. And you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. Well, one very famous place is that there was a woman who had an issue of blood she couldn't find healing in, in any of the means that she, she went to. She spent all of her monies on physicians and actually grew worse. But she had faith. And what's important is when you look at the text in the book of Numbers, it says that one will look upon this corner. And so there's four. So in every direction, it can be seen. It's seen as a commandment for for your neighbor meaning that you do this not in your relationship to god but rather your relationship to to another person we know for example the ten commandments some of them are having to do with one's responsibilities to god others have to do with responsibilities to individuals now of course we do them all out of obedience to god but this is one that's done for your neighbor that they might look upon that corner, that that titsit, that that fringe garment, and remember. This is what the text says, and remember the commandments. Now the message is this: she wanted to be healed, but why? Well, I'm suffering. I'm I'm in in discomfort. I I can't work. All these reasons, and they're all legitimate reasons. But there's the best reason, and the best reason for wanting to be healed is in order to serve god and therefore when she comes and touches the it says in english the hymn because it makes sense to us but it's not really the hymn but rather it's the corner so she took hold of that titsit and what she's saying is this god heal me because i want to serve you so she saw and went specifically to that place that spoke of the commandments of god because she wanted to serve God. And this is a, a, a big thing, and it's so significant that Paul made these because he was trying to get people through faith to be saved, but also not just to be saved, but become servants of the living God, obeying the instructions of the Word of God. So I think we see something that oftentimes is indeed lost in translation when we don't know really what Paul was doing, why he was doing it, and what was its message to to the audience to the community that paul was was reaching out to and, you know and, and i and i couldn't agree with you more it's you know the jewish people they know absolutely what this is they, they know what this is they see people wearing it every day um but in a, a, as a an american or a you know a christian and i, I can't speak for europeans but we don't even talk about it I don't hear anybody talking about this. Um, one more location that I want to emphasize, a very important one. Uh, Jesus, when he was buried, um, 
he was buried in his uh, in his burial cloth. <clears throat> but when <clears throat> excuse me, I think John came into the tomb. What did he find? Well, it's in the Gospel of John, John chapter twenty. Now we know Peter was one disciple, and there was another disciple who who outran Peter. And he came in, but he didn't go all the way, and he came and looked in, and then Peter went in, and then he also as well. And they saw not the body of Messiah, he had already risen, but what they saw was two things. They saw the burial garment, and then they also saw what so many Bibles, and here again, this is what's lost in translation. Some say a napkin, wasn't a napkin. Some say it was a handkerchief, wasn't a handkerchief. Some say was a faith face cloth, which is is more more close to the intent, because when a Jewish man dies, he is is wrapped up in a burial garment, but his head is wrapped with this this talit, this prayer shawl. And normally, what happens is they cut off the titsit because he's dead. Once you are dead, you can't. Uh, do the commandments of God. They, they are for the living, the, the Torah commandments, what we read in, in the Bible. So they're removed, but the talit, that garment, is wrapped around one head. And what's so important about this passage is when the other disciple looked and he saw that there was a separation between the burial garments, which would be unclean, but the talit has a status that it cannot be rendered ritually impure because it's a holy garment and the the one who was there presumably yeshua obviously he separated and it also says he saw that that garment that was around his head the talit the prayer shawl folded up and you made mention too that there's a special way of folding it in order to show reverence so this other disciple, he knew that there was someone there that understood the difference between a burial garment and a prayer shawl, a talit, and that he dealt with the talit in a respectful way. That means it had to be an observant Jew. Well, the Roman soldiers that were guarding the tomb wouldn't have done that. Who would be the only one who would have treated that, that garment with respect? Well, the answer is Yeshua himself, and therefore the disciple knew that he was alive. It says he saw that and he believed. A very important scripture and, and the context of knowing this garment, how to handle it, what's its meaning is so, so significant, and it adds so much to, to the understanding of that text. Well, again, I love the story. I get goosebumps just talking about it. Um, this this talit, this prayer shawl, is so uh, man. We don't we don't talk about it enough, um, and maybe we can talk about it more. But I, I really just wanted people to understand how things get lost in translation, especially something this important. You would think that this would be a bigger topic or. And, or not be mistranslated in the first place. But again, um, we're, we're talking the difference between Hebrew, Greek, and you know English or whatever other version. King James is, like you say, is probably the best one. 
that we can read because we don't read Greek and Hebrew. But again, the, the purpose of this today was to show people that that so many things, especially the prayer shawl, the tallit, so important in the history and knowing who Yeshua was and, and that he was a Jewish man and God at the same time, he wore this. And, and so did many, many other um, Jews at the time, believers of the, and so, um, you know, the, again, to demean it as a napkin or a, a tent, they missed the whole point. So that's what we wanted to talk about today. Brooke, do you want to add anything to this? No, I, I think you, you summarized it very good, Ronnie. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Um, we're going to have another video coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, we love you very much. Please uh, go to loveisrael.org. And, and, and you can get it on, uh, Brooke's got a Bible app there. It's my Bible app. It's free. And you can look at all these studies that he does. My and Bible study. I always get it wrong. I don't have to remember because I got it on my phone. You guys need to get it on your phone. My Bible study app. And you can get it for free. And you'll be very blessed. Um, all the different teachings that Baruch has on there. And um, it's, it's great. Please get it. We love you very much. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on Lost in Translation.